Father's Day always seems to bring a bunch of mixed emotions. And I, and I realize that's because it, it really is a mixed bag of, uh, of tricks. And, you know, some of you, you've never had a good relationship with your father. Some of you have never known your father, period. Some of you are missing deeply the father that you used to have. You didn't know him. Uh, maybe you didn't get to know each other as deeply as you would have liked. You know, um, I know for me, I, I felt like it was only my dad's last couple of years of his life when he was battling cancer that, um, that, that I got to kind of know him, you know, and, and our hearts uh, grow close together. And, and, and it's crazy how, you know, the day that we get to a greater level sometimes of appreciation, then it's all of a sudden time to, to depart and say, see you later. Um, but, but I also know that some of you here, um, you're just extremely grateful for the father that you have or the father that you had. In fact, um, uh, you may attribute uh, the, the fact that you are here and you are the, the man that you are striving to be because you're your father. Um, and you know, while there may be many, many sad stories, I think what we need to make sure we don't do in society is that we don't belittle the significance and the contributions of fathers. Billy Graham once said this. I want you to see this quote. Billy Graham once said, he said, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. I think there was a, a, a time years ago that um, some statistic read that, that, that whenever the father in the home comes to know Christ, in most cases, 90% of cases, the whole home finds Christ. So, you know, whether you think so or not, um, your example matters, your character matters, your steps matter, um, because somebody else is trying to follow those steps. But today's message is one that, that should greatly encourage all of you, regardless of how you, you feel today because of it being Father's Day. Um, because the, the great news I have for you today is this. If you are a child of God, which means you've admitted your sin, you believe in Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sin and the promise of eternal life, and you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, the Bible says that you have been given the privilege and the right now to be children of God. I want you to hear this. Just because everybody was created by God does not make us all a child of God. Okay? Does not mean that, that God loves some more than he loves others. He loves everybody the same. Okay? But to be a child of God, to be a spiritually reborn child of God, there's only one way, and that is through believing in Jesus Christ. You have to accept him into your life. You have to allow him to take over your life, and you become a son or a daughter. I want you to look at John chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. It says, all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Listen, it is only through believing in Jesus that we can have a relationship with God. But then, here's, here's, here's the part we have to look at today. We have to learn how to live the rest of our lives following Jesus, but also relying on this special relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. Would you bow your heads with me before we start? Heavenly Father, God, open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see. Open our ears that we might hear what you want us to hear, Lord, and open our hearts to receive what it is that you want us to receive. May we not only become more informed, but, Lord, may we become more transformed into the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ. God, help us to, to, to understand you more, 
to trust you more, to look to you more. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Now, my um, youngest son, I'm going to just shout him out. Sorry, Asher. He, he, he told me um, yesterday afternoon, uh, my wife usually, my wife always does the worship guides. And um, she was going to go to the church soon and print those out. And, and, um, and evidently, Asher must have asked, how many points does Daddy have? Okay. He got, listen, he got so used to being five and under. He's like, I'm really disappointed, basically. He's like, I found out you got six points. Well, I promised him at least one of those, Asher, would be very quick. It'll be like lightning, okay? So for those of you that are going, man, I got six things I got to write, I promise you, you're not going to be staying here any longer. You'll still get to your, your Father's Day lunch, okay? We'll have you out. We'll have you out at 12. How about that? Burger King today, have it your way. <laughs> so I want to share with you six distinct things. Um, I, could, I could have shared 26, but six uh, unique things that I, I really feel like we all need to understand about our Father in heaven and in our life now through Jesus Christ. The first is this. We, all, we need a Father who is always good and perfect. We all need a Father who's always good and, and perfect. My dad was a very good Christian man, but much like myself, he was imperfect and crazy. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. How many, how many of you are like, listen, I got it from my mama, I got it from my daddy, okay? I mean, it seems like every time something goes on with my boys, and my wife's like, listen, I came from you, you know? And it's not the stuff that I wished. But listen, I think because my dad was a preacher all my life, um, there were a lot of times where um, I just really couldn't understand why my dad wasn't perfect. Okay, I mean, he's a pastor from the from time I was born and, and until 45 years later or so. And so I think because he was a pastor, I'm thinking, okay, well, pastors should be perfect. And I, I heard what he said, and I, I, I heard what he preached, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but you aren't doing that perfect here, and, and you aren't doing this, and you aren't doing that. And then I realized, once I got knotheads that were just like myself, that uh, we can only do so much with you, okay? Not everything, in fact, I'm going to say it, not everything your children do are you responsible for. You may be responsible for your children, but you are not responsible uh, for everything that they do. All you can do is your best. And so later in life, and I'm waiting on my kids to get to that point in life where they're like, listen, daddy's not just a sidekick that we'd like to get out of the way so we can get straight to mama because she says yes a lot more. But hey, you know, daddy doing his best, okay? And I want to say that to some of you fathers. All you can do is your best. You, you can, you can be the best father that God made you to be, but you still can't be the heavenly father. And so, and so fortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, really been struggling with my voice this morning. Fortunately, my dad did consistently point me to the heavenly father. My dad consistently helped me realize without even saying it that, hey, you know what? I know I'm not perfect, but there is one who is Look at James 1.17. It says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Listen, when it comes to your heavenly Father, he makes no mistakes. 
That means anything that he's allowed or he's orchestrated, he makes no mistakes in that. He's got, a, he's got a plan for it. He says, I know the plans I have for you, and every plan I have for you is good. You know, sometimes, sometimes we're running to bad things because we aren't seeking the good things of God. See, we're settling for far less, and, and we're taking dirt roads and, and shortcuts that we weren't meant to take. We were supposed to just take this narrow road. The good thing about our Heavenly Father is He never changes. He's good. He's always good. He's always perfect, and He never changes. And so then when you believe that, then you're like, okay, I can rely on God always because He never changes. He was God of the past. He's God of the present. He'll be God of the future. But secondly, we need a father who is always loving, gracious, and caring. We need a father who's loving, gracious, and caring. I was blessed to have a father who, who told me many, many a time, hey, I love you. And, um, and I, I was blessed with a father who, who gave me grace. Didn't mean that he didn't make me think that he was going to kill me for one moment. But my kids have stories, okay, where they're like, my Lord, you went, I said, son, I'm sorry. You said such and such, and I just blacked out. How many of you can relate to that? It wasn't the Holy Spirit hitting you. You, were, you just started dumb lashing. But, you know, my dad, he taught us all to, 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 to love one another. In fact, I came from one of those homes where um, uh, when we were younger, and, and, and certainly me and my two brothers all of our adult life, I can, I can hardly think of any time that we left one another where we didn't say, hey, I love you. And that came from my mom and my, and my dad. And, and so I grew up in a loving, but also gracious atmosphere. My parents didn't expect me to be perfect. They just want me to seek God's best. And they were trying to do their best. And that never, that never stopped. Um, how many of you would say, it, it, it don't matter how old your kids get, and it doesn't matter how old you get, you're still, you're still trying to be that mom, that dad. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, I think it's a scripture we need to hear often. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Do you know what Satan loves to do to you and to me? He loves to beat the tar out of you and make you feel worthless. Okay? He does it. Maybe he ain't visiting your house. Come to mine. It seems like he's coming every day. It's like a wolf, you know? And, and, and you, you just feel pounded. I mean, because listen, Satan's just trying to discourage you, to, to depress you, to, to destroy you. And yet God's going, hey, I've come so that you might have life. You, listen, sometimes we're looking for the faithful love of the world when the only faithful love is the love of the Lord. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Some of you, most of you probably, you've been on the internet before. And so you know what I mean, um, that you can be on the internet and you're looking at something and maybe you need to refresh the tab. Okay, so you, 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 you hit enter again, or you, you, you just try to re renew your, 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 your connection. Oftentimes with our relationship with God, we've got to renew our connection. We've got we to get back to understanding our faith is not dependent upon us. Our faith is dependent upon Him. And so there's this difference. It's, it's this change in thought to where instead of you trying to put the weight of the world on you, you're looking to the Lord who took the weight of our sin upon Him. Listen, there's no one that will ever love us more or as much as our Heavenly Father. Even as much as moms love their children, even as much as dads love their children, none of our love will compare. 
Uh, in fact, Jesus is like, listen, if you earthly parents love to give good gifts to your children, how much more so does your father want to give good gifts to you? How much more, really, he's saying, does your father care? Listen, do you know that God loved you so much that he was willing to send his only son, Jesus, to die for you on the cross? He, he sent him to die for you with the hopes, not the guarantee, with the hopes that you would believe in him and that you would get to live eternally with him. He would rather see his done, son die for you than to live eternally without you. 1 John 4, 7 through 10 says, love comes from God. God is is love. God showed how much he loves us. Listen, some people may say words that are worthless, but God proved it on the cross. Amen? And so you need to understand, love is not something God does. Love is something God is. And you need to know this. Say about your parents and others. Somebody doesn't have to communicate something to be showing it every day. You know, we're all different. Bible says that God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. By the way, that disperses something in my spirit to think about this. Real love is a love that comes, in a sense, with no condition. Okay? The love's there. You don't, have to, you don't have to accept the sin to love the sinner. You don't have to like everything one of your children do to love your children just as much as you did yesterday or you will tomorrow. Listen, the Father showed how much he loved us. He showed us grace out the gate. We didn't deserve it. We won't deserve it. We'll never be worthy of it. And listen, it's, it's amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's why that song is so popular and it resonates with people because we all know we're not perfect, but yet we have a perfect Savior who swooped in and made salvation possible and made the possibility of a relationship between us and God. Listen, there's no way to the Father, the Scripture says, except through the Son. And so when you feel like you've blown it, when you feel like you've made all the worst decisions you could ever make, when you feel unloved or unlovable, God goes, listen, my grace is all you need. My grace is still sitting here. God, maybe some of you feel like, man, you've, you've been so away from God so long that you're like, man, I can't swim back. What if I told you, you don't have to catch up. You just need to get down. And you need to come to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4, 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace and help when we need it most. Listen, isn't it true that it's when we need it most that we realize God is there? Listen, God is always loving. God is always gracious. God is always forgiving when you're willing to repent of your sin, confess your sins to him. And he says he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. It doesn't matter whether you think it's that big or it's it's huge, and, and maybe all society doesn't even forgive you. But God says, listen, I forgive you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I remember the day that I understood as a youth pastor. I did youth ministry for 11 years, and, and I remember about eight years into it, I guess you'd say as I got further into parenthood myself, um, I started understanding the significance of of reaching the parents, okay? Because, see, if, if you only got that child for an hour, you can't undo 
and you can't be everything that that home can be. Okay, by the way, the, the place that has the greatest impact on society, I just want all of you to understand, is not the government, it's the home. What we got breaking down is the family. What we got breaking down is, is people have lost their way to love one another. And so, so we, we can have everything working great, but if you don't have that, you know, it, it's, it's not a joy to get up each day. But, but one thing I remember telling parents, I said, um, you need to understand, teenagers, that you are somewhere you've never been before, but you need to understand your parents are somewhere they've never been before. Because isn't that true? We're all in a season that we've never lived before. We're all in an age that we've never lived before. We all have different worries today and different perspectives today that we might not have had yesterday. In fact, sadly, I think um, we only accumulate more things that we could see could go wrong, don't we? And so if there's anything that we need to learn how to deal with is our worries. And there's only one way to get rid of your worries, and that's to give them to God. Because there's always going to be worry. It says, give all your worries and cares to God. Are you worried about one of your children? Are you worried about one of your grandchildren? You're worried about your, your marriage. You're worried about this, that, whatever. It doesn't matter whether it's in your house or in the White House. What are we to do? Give it to God. We, listen, we got to give things back to God because it's obvious we're not doing too good ourselves. That's where it starts. But thirdly, we need a father who is always all-knowing. The word is omniscient. God is all-knowing. Listen, my earthly father, he didn't know everything, but he knew a lot of things. And he, and he, and he taught me everything that I needed to know from him. Okay, He didn't teach me everything that he knew, but he, but he taught me um, enough to help me know what direction maybe I guess you could say that I should go. And, and, and listen, most of all, you know, my father pointed me to the father. And, and I want you to hear this, parents. If we do nothing else but point them through our life, not just through our lecture, but through our life and sometimes our lecture. I can hear you mom talking about, listen, somebody better be lecturing up in here. There's a lot of ways. Listen, the same way that we try to out in the community to love, lift, and lead people to Christ, that's the way we got to do in our home. Our greatest ministry is sitting right there by, by us. Listen, we have a heavenly Father who knows everything. Now, some of you sit in here not just missing your father, but you don't have either parent. And, and I'll never forget when I heard someone say that, hey, once you've lost your mom and your dad, it's the official end of your childhood. It's now, now you're going, hey, man, this is... This is on me. And so what I see happens to people, especially if somebody gets up into their, their, their late 80s or 90s in life, um, they lose all the people that they, that, that they feel like knew them best. They knew what they went through. They knew what they might have done here in that season and that season of life and whatever. And, and, and so you, you, you sometimes you're needing somebody who's in the know. I want you to understand God our Heavenly Father, He knows everything about you. You don't have to catch Him up. You don't have to make Him understand. He knows exactly how you're made. He knows exactly what plans He has tailor-made for you. And He wants to guide you towards what is best for you. Some of you, again, your first next step outside of giving your heart and life to Christ for salvation is to start letting God know more than you. Because see, we... We won't have a healthy fear of the Lord or, a, or the right respect if we think we are equals. 
Okay, the Bible talks about Jesus. He, he humbled himself, and, and, and he didn't consider equality with God something to, to grasp. And so we need to make sure that we allow the, the Heavenly Father to be the Father and we stay the children because we'll never, we'll never outgrow God. Amen? So listen to Psalm 139, 1 through 18 in the Amplified Bible. It says, O Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and have known me. You know when I sit down and, and when I rise up, my entire life, everything I do, you understand my thoughts from afar. You are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, oh Lord, you know it. Oh man, that starts making you think what God knows you've been thinking. That's how deep he sees. You have enclosed me behind and before. And you have placed your hand upon me. Such infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high above me. I cannot reach it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the night will be the only light around me, even the darkness is not dark to you and conceals nothing from you. But the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you, listen to this part, you, in, you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were written, all were written. The days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them even taken shape. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. How many of you remember when we used to have encyclopedias? Some of the younger ones are like, listen, what in the world did he just say? Onomatopoeia. They don't even know what, what, what an encyclopedia is. Um, it's something that it, it's just, instead of you having Google to, to search things, um, you had books. You ever heard of those books? Um, they even had them in hard copy. Y'all remember that? It, it sounds crazy, but think about it. People aren't even used to reading books in a, in a book. You know? I mean, even the Bible now, everything's on an app. I want you to hear this, that, that there's nothing that you have a question about that God doesn't have an exclamation for. There's nothing that you don't know that God doesn't know. God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly how he's wired you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows the exact plans that he has is, he is prearranged for you. And I really think the biggest turning point in somebody's life in living a purpose-driven life is the day that you actually believe that God created you. You didn't come from monkeys. And, and also that, that when God created you, he created what he had prepared for you. Therefore, every day that you breathe your breath, you have a reason. You, you are to live for the glory of God and to, to seek to keep discovering the goodness of God. That's a journey for all of us. But fourthly, you need to know that we need a father who is always all-powerful. The word is omnipotent. It means all-powerful. My dad was a very, very strong man. 
I can remember at a young age, because I was more the timid one out of me and my, my two brothers. I was like, my Lord, I'm staying away from that man. He's crazy. I mean, and I did believe it. In fact, I still believe. I believe he went to his grave crazy. It just got better. You know what I'm talking about? But my dad was a very strong man, and, and uh, he was a Marine. He was on the front lines of, of Vietnam, and, and, and I remember my dad even telling me, he was like, man, he said, once I put my best friend in a body bag, he said, after that, he said, I became the best killer you could find. He was the only one of his closest friends that made it back alive. My daddy, my daddy um, even though um, he, was, he was in the Marines, and, and then he was a Marine recruiter in Oklahoma City. And even though I've been in, in, in South Carolina, I grew up in South Carolina all my life from like age nine months on, um, I was born in Oklahoma City. And uh, in fact, what's really unique is, is when I looked at my dad's first ordination Bible that he had, and inside I was able to see that right around this exact time, like just a couple weeks after I was born, my dad surrendered to the full-time ministry. I just have to believe that considering the fact that, that my daddy went into ministry, and I'm the only son out of history that went into ministry. Some kind of, sometimes God just knows how to line stuff up. He, um, my, my dad, there's nothing he's not done. Boxing, go ahead and play with him. He'll knock your teeth out. He knew karate. I don't even know if that was the right one from it, but like I said, you better get out of the way of that foot. In fact, he told my mom one time that he was going to break bricks. So he learned that too. He had a stack of bricks that tall, cinder blocks, one hit. It was gone. My mama, my mama even said, I think, um, it was after that, she said and some other things. She said, I about have come to the conclusion. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. My dad, countless times, he's been 100 foot or better up in a tree. In fact, how many people, you're going to really think he's crazy when I tell you this. How many people, dad, I'm sorry. How many people you know are going to be way, way up in a tree and because they needed to get around a certain limb instead of cutting it off, he completely took the safety belt off. All he had was spikes on his legs and holding on to a tree. I'm like, Dad, you are living proof. Sometimes you can't even try to die. <laughs> but I say all that to say my dad was strong, but I learned at his latter years that he was introduced to his weakness. Whether it be cancer or with anything else, listen, life introduces you to yourself sometimes. In fact, life often and just as adversity does, it introduces you to your limitations. So, in fact, I, I would argue that most of us, we never get to the beginning of things with God till we reach the end of ourselves. Till you reach that point where you're like, you know what? I can't even walk without him holding my hand. Hey, I need, I need God-sized power to get through this, to, to, to push this behind and, and strain towards that. Listen, I, know, I can tell you right now as a pastor... God has really, really, really been just um, uh, testing me and growing me lately. Um, I'm back to fully, fully believing when I tell you that, that, again, you're not going to believe what the future holds. I believe that. But, but sometimes you have to believe before you even get there. Do you hear me? Some of you are wanting results, but, but you're not willing to it's, don't not realize that it's a journey. Every day matters. Your yes today to Jesus matters. Your yes today is linked to your yes tomorrow, and so on. Jesus told us that, that uh, in Luke 18, 27, he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. I want you to understand, when it comes to God, there is no such thing as impossible. There is no such thing as I can't. The only question is, will he? 
Is that his will? Is that his plan? Listen, our Heavenly Father promises to, to give us inner strength to empower us. Listen, empower us with the Holy Spirit. You say, how do you live out the Christian life? You can't. It's not the I, but the, but, but the, the, but the Christ in us. Apostle Paul, he talks about, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Not I, but Christ that lives within me. The Bible is crystal clear that if you truly invited Jesus Christ into your heart and made him your Savior and Lord, the Holy Spirit has come to live within you, okay? I want you to hear Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 16 and 20 and 21. It says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Holy Spirit. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. I want you to be enlightened on something. You can't be the kind of father you want to be without the power of the Spirit of God. You can't be the person you want to be without the power of the Spirit of God. You can't get through tough stuff that normally is going to put somebody in their grave except through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The greatest mistake we make in the Christian life is we try to lean on us and rather lean on him. And every time it's all leaning on us, you know what starts happening? Your, Your faith begins to sink. It begins to diminish. You begin to get more discouraged. Why? Because your problems are bigger than your God. And so sometimes we just need to be reminded that God is all-powerful, that God is all-knowing, that God is all-able, even to do what you can't do, to go where you can't go, to save who you can't save. Listen, my, my responsibility and your responsibility is not to do God's work. It's to get out of God's way and let him work to let God have us and pray for those around us that they might allow him to lead them to his good, pleasing, and perfect plans. But fifthly, we need a father who is always supplying our every need. We need a father who is always supplying our every need. If I was trying to list things in order of my dad's most consistencies, I would start out with he was just an extreme hard worker. I mean from sunup to sundown. It almost seemed that my dad liked to make it harder. And, 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 and he, he sweat a lot. And what I learned later on was I understand he might have sweat a lot with this or that. But just like some of you, um, you, you know, the reason that you're doing that job was because of your love for your children, whether they see it or not. Amen? I can say that as a father, no matter anything I've ever done. You know, your family, it's on your heart. And, and so sometimes we just need to thank uh, fathers for, for their contributions, for their efforts towards uh, things, you know. Um, but but I'm, I'm grateful that, that my dad ultimately helped me realize that, that God, the Father, is my sole provider. That's where everything good comes from. That's where everything that we need comes from. In fact, I, I recall um, that uh, we were so, again, I'd say limited in, in our, our resources growing up that the five of us, um, all I can remember one time was just kind of had my eyes open that the five of us were splitting the 20-piece McNugget at McDonald's, okay? And I'm sure, I'm sure my mama's going to say, well, 
that wasn't all the time or this or that. I don't know, Mama, in case she looks back at this. But all I can tell you is I knew that, that, that we just couldn't go to, it wasn't, like, um, it wasn't like it is at your house, Asher, where you've had so much chicken nuggets you can't even count them. I told the doctor, I said, do an x-ray. You're going to find out it's 80% chicken nugget in there. <laughs> Rest of it wings. I enjoyed that, Asher. He'll remember that. He finally woke up over there. Y'all don't know what it's like to preach around your family now. You got to keep, you got to, you got to do something, you know. It's like, it's like whenever he does something, he says, Daddy, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be a good teenager. I wouldn't be a good dad without dad jokes. But my dad, I didn't understand. The reason I bring up the, the, the limited income, I couldn't understand with the limitations that we seem to have, and my dad oftentimes working multiple jobs, why we would give 10% back to, to the church. It, it just didn't make sense. And my dad and my mom especially, they, they helped me understand. They said, listen, what you have to understand, son, is that God gave us 100%. We just happened to be given 10% back. But it's all a blessing from him. Listen, our Heavenly Father promises us this, not just to meet our needs financially, but physically, emotionally, mentally. Listen, we're living in a day and age where people are really, really battling with mental health issues. And I want you to hear this. Nothing can substitute the Savior. But also, you need to take every step that you possibly can to get stabilized. Uh, in our house, it might be different than yours. We take challenges that people have very seriously. We keep very open conversations with our children. We understand we live in a crazy world today, don't we? And it's really done a number on many of our kids and stuff. But I'm telling you, you can go to God, and, and he, he says, listen, I'm going to give you just what you need. Just like I'm, I'm pumping air through your, your body right now, just as much as I'm keeping other things in your body working, you can make sure that I'm going to always provide your need. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in times of need. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Sometimes in our society, we need to know how to separate a want from a need. Okay? We have to understand a want from a need. And by the way, even with work, fellas, I'm just saying this, this is going to apply to ladies too. Um, don't be so caught up in making a living that you aren't living. I'd, I'd rather be limited and have what I need and have the relationships I need than, than, than to just spend all of my wheels just working, 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 working to pay for this, to pay for that, that in the grand scheme of things don't matter a hill of beans. Listen, when you choose to keep putting your little hand in God's big hand, he promises that if that's what you do, he's going to take care of your every need. You cannot live however you want and expect God's full blessing. You can't keep taking stupid steps when, when he's asking you to take Savior-led steps. I've, I've operated plenty of times in my life spiritually on cruise control. I was not an awakened parent, you know? You know what I'm talking about, how a lot of times you're growing up with the kids, aren't you? You know, my oldest three boys, they're convinced I love the youngest um, more. And while that might be true, Asher, because the other ones aren't in here, <laughs> I try to tell them, and this really throws them when I say, well, they had a different daddy. I said, well, kind of. I said, because this, the, the daddy I am today isn't the daddy I was a decade ago. How many of you, you know what I'm saying? You just, you keep growing and God keeps showing you. 
I want you to understand when you do everything you can, you can trust that God will do what you can't that's meant to happen. When you raise your children, you do the best you can. But there's a certain point. You've got to turn them over to the Lord. You worry yourself to death, won't you? You could go crazy over certain things. You need to know that God is the supplier of your need. Quit running to, to substitutes that can't satisfy. That's what happens for us. We, gotta, we get very discouraged because we run to things or we run to people or we run, run to certain situations and we're looking for a feeling of a peace in those things and from those people that we can only get from getting on our knees and saying, God, align my heart and my mind and my life. I deal with the same struggles you deal with. I'm telling you right now, I went to bed even last night feeling as, as depressed as I could, feeling like I've not been a very successful father. Um, I had a conversation with my wife. I said, babe, I, I know we do the best we can. I said, but man, sometimes, sometimes this is how you feel, okay? But then God picked me up and he said, son, haven't I showed you by now I can do anything? Haven't I showed you that I can take your little and do a lot? Listen, sometimes it's not all about us. It's just free falling into his arms, trusting him with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't Listen, parents, don't lose hope in where things are. God's not finished. And your kids are watching. You're a perfect example of that because you know you were watching your parents. So your kids are watching. Your grandchildren are watching. Don't be the reason that they lose hope. Don't be the reason that they, that they lose faith. Make sure you're pointing to the Heavenly Father saying, listen, I'm sorry I can't do this and I can't do that, but hey, I know a man who can. Psalm 34, 10, and then 17 through 19 says, But those who trust in the Lord, they will lack no good thing. The Lord hears his people when they call on him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are, whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to their rescue each time. Listen, God has proven himself from generation to generation. I'm going to tell you something that I really think I've learned from my wife more than anybody else, and that's this. Quit preaching stuff over your children of doom and gloom because you think this isn't going right and that's not going right. You need to understand people thought that 20 years ago. People before them thought it 20 years before that. We keep thinking this is the most messed up generation in time in the world. No, you just see it clearer. You just happen to see it on social media unveiling. So you're like, oh, my Lord Jesus, I didn't realize so many people were struggling. You just didn't know before. People have always been struggling. The world has always been falling short. Jesus has always been the answer. Psalm 90, verse 1 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place, our refuge, our sanctuary, our stability in all generations. Listen, some things we don't even need to talk about anymore. We just need to bow our heads and start praying. There's nothing to talk about. You, you tell me there aren't certain things that you get to a point you realize talking about them, talk is cheap. Trying to, trying to think over, kill it, worry about it, none of that changes a thing except you could have a heart attack from it. But I want you to hear this. The same God who was God yesterday and the same God that was God when you were born is the same God that's still larger than charge. Last but certainly not least, number six, we need a father who is always with us forevermore. We need a father who's always with us forevermore. This is my third Father's Day without my dad. 
And, and I, I think I'd be lying, and I think any of you who've lost a, 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 a parent, you, you'd be lying if you didn't say that it, it just, you, you start leading into these things, probably why I had, I just had a tough week. So it starts, it's just in there, you know, because a piece of your heart leaves, doesn't it? Piece of your heart. I saw some people come into 915 service, actually. They just looked like they, they were grieving, and it was all because it was Father's Day. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in the sense that my daddy taught me that he wouldn't always be around. And so I try to tell my boys, hey, I love you. I'll do anything I can for you, but I can't promise to always be there. By the way, parents, we're preparing our children to leave us, not live with us. We're preparing our children for life without us, best of our ability. All we can do is do, do what we can do. And, and so, you know, right before Jesus ascended back into heaven, here's what he promised to those who believe in him. They will never walk alone. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Some of you are at a point in your life right now, you feel absolutely alone. And I want you to understand, if you're a child of God, you've never walked a day alone. And you never will. God will keep putting what you need, who you need, how you need it in your life. Listen, when Jesus was still on this earth, he said that God would send all believers his Holy Spirit. Okay, we talked about that earlier, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the engine, if you want to say, that helps us live out Christ. It's the only good thing in us. It's the only God thing in us. But the Holy Spirit is God's presence living within us. So listen, if God's presence is living within you, then God's presence is always with you. John 14, 16, and 17, the Amplified Bible, it says, And I will ask the Father, Jesus says, And he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, strengthener, a standby, to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, and take. To its heart, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you and will be in you. Listen, our Heavenly Father promises he will never, ever, 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 ever forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5 says, For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. Would you bow your heads with me today? I want you to ponder in your hearts right now as the worship team comes up here. I want you to just take this into your heart as, as you bow your heads with me. I want you to ponder the greatness of God. I want you to, to, to ponder how, how awesome it is, how hopeful it is that through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, we're able to have this relationship with God the Father. None of us in here in Christ are fatherless. We have a good, good Father who is perfect, who never changes, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is always there to guide us, to help us, to show us the next right step. He knows the plans He has for us. It's not our job to, to figure out everything around us, but to trust God from this day forward. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I, I pray, Lord, that, that, that we would all grow in our faith in you. Lord, your spirit testifies to the peace that you're able to bring in our lives when otherwise we would not have peace. Lord, the hope that it brings, but otherwise we wouldn't have hope. 
God, I pray, Lord, right now from, from the one who feels the most broken on up, God, that they would know you love them, Lord. They are not an accident. You created them with a grand design that you've got laid out. God, may they run to you, Lord, knowing that your arms are outstretched and your love is running to them. God, help us to not see just our problems, God, but understand that you are bigger than the problems. Lord, may we, may we take those to the throne of grace right now, realizing, Lord, that whatever it is that we're battling with, whatever it is that we can't control, God, what is impossible for man, it is possible with you. God, we give to you what is too heavy for us to bear. God, I pray that there won't be a soul in here today that does not know you, Jesus, as their personal Savior and Lord. God, I pray today there's not one person who leaves here today not completely sold out to you, God. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name.